Welcome to Women Worth Knowing, the radio program and podcast hosted by Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn. There are so many Christian women with fascinating stories, whether they're missionaries, musicians, reformers, authors, wives, mothers. Their examples are inspirational to us all. And Cheryl, this example is quite an inspiration to us. It has because we've so far uh, been with Gloria in episodes one and two to see the trajectory of her life so far. So she was born into uh, a Japanese family on the island of, uh, in Hawaii, on the island of Oahu. And uh, they were successful as far as hardworking. She comes from this industrious family and she met the love of her life. They married. Everything just seemed so wonderful. And the courtship, she even received Jesus, came out of the darkness of uh, the occult and some other things she had been dabbling with. And everything seemed so wonderful until they got married. His personality began to change. She began to see this darkness overtaking him, these obsessions. She realized it was um, dangerous. She didn't know what to do. There's a lot of confusion with darkness. Mm -hmm. There's just, Mm -hmm. you know, Satan is the author of confusion. And so she doesn't understand how dark and how deep this is going to be, but she sees um, as she's watching Little House on the Prairie something about the fact that John Lennon had been murdered and she knew it was her husband. And again, that dilemma of what do I do? But she began to pick up the pieces with the Lord and go forward. And yet she realized she had this bitterness, this anger um, that had been suppressed and unresolved. And the Lord brought it to the surface at a hymn conference Mm -hmm. in Hawaii. And then later at a home Bible study, it just began to reveal to her. Because we've all learned that forgiveness is deadly. Somebody once described it as, it's the poison that you drink that you think you're going to kill somebody else and it's killing you. Yes, the lack of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And it really holds a power over you that we want God to only have that power. So Gloria forgave him. And then Gloria, you want to pick up the story from there because I know our listeners want to hear it, and I can't wait to hear the rest of the story. Yes, because now John is in pr- prison. I mean, Mark is yeah, in, Mark is in prison, prison for yeah. life. Well, but parole keeps coming up. But yeah, take us from that point. It's been 13 years since okay. he's been in prison. I'll do my best, but I think I just want to close up one sure. thing that people might, I didn't talk about, and people might be wondering. So, the reason I didn't divorce Mark, and I was I, I just knew it wasn't the will of God. Was I was looking in the Bible, you know, I mean it doesn't of course have any situation like I was in particularly, but um, I finally came across a verse in Malachi, Malachi two sixteen, which is, for um, I hate divorce, I hate divorce, says the Lord. God of Israel. So when I saw that, I went, okay, and now I know what God thinks about divorce. Boom, closed the Bible. I I had my answer, and I knew that answer was for me because I'd been asking, you know, over and over, God, what should I do? So once I got that answer, not to get divorced, I just said, okay, I'm going to remain committed to him for as long as it takes, even if Mark never comes out of prison. He was sentenced to 20 years to life with the possibility of parole. And it's been over 42 years now. Mm. Well, um, in uh, 1993, uh, 
God began to heal Mark. I'm sorry. Do I have my ears? <laughs> when you get older, uh, I think it was earlier than that. But we know that he had, with the the time in prison, he was subjected to many tests and evaluations and then doctors and medications. Yeah. So he probably got a lot more help and services there than he ever had before in it, his life. It was 82. And it's kind of funny because Mark is calling me on the phone now and I'm just totally going to disregard him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Understandable. Eighty-two. It was 82 that Mark began healing and he's now totally committed to the Lord. Um, but in 2005, God called us to a prison ministry. It's basically giving out free literature to prisoners through prison ministries, chaplains, pen pal ministries, not directly most of the time. And our tagline is helping prison ministries and others introduce prisoners to Jesus. So that's our main mission. Prisoners are our mission field. Mm. And Mark had already written out for another ministry, his Christian testimony. He was asked to write his testimony, and he did. And that is now what I would call our flagship pamphlet. What Mark wanted to do in 2005, he spoke it to me, that he wanted us to be able to give out his testimony instead of this other ministry. Um, now, at the time, I'm working full-time. I'm very active in church, so I was not super excited to now be involved in this literature distribution ministry. Because it's one thing to forgive Mark and to be okay and to get on with your life and to start anew, but now this link to ministry, that's that's another um, yeah. level of commitment. It really is. It really is. Right. And An association. Yes, association. Um, yes, but um, we were granted family visits. They call them family reunion visits. Um, and so we had our first one at Attica, and we've just had one recently um, at the prison he's at currently. But at one on one of those visits, God called me because, like I said, my heart wasn't really into it, but I was I was doing it. Um, we were sitting outside at night, and the only noise you could hear were the guys in this big brick building laughing and talking and stuff. And it just suddenly hit me that most of them, most of these two thousand plus guys at Attica Prison didn't have any family or friends writing or visiting them, and it just hit me like a bomb, and I just started to not just weep, but I started to sob. Mm. I just was, kept sobbing, and so that's when God really called me to this ministry. And at this point, well, I should tell you, the name of our ministry is all about Jesus Ministries, because when Mark said, what should we call it, all I could think about was when when you talk to Mark, you could just be with him for five minutes, and and Jesus would be in that conversation. It was all about Jesus whenever you talk to Mark. So I said, what about all about Jesus Ministries? And so that name stuck. 
And so at this point in time, we um, have one, two, three, four, actually five pamphlets. We have one that's called The Story of the Man Who Killed John Lennon, 30 Years at Attica. That's our flagship one. We have one that's called The Prisoner's Letter, which is actually a short story that Mark worked years on because he's such a perfectionist. But anyway, we have that Prisoner's Letter, a short story. It's about a man that Jesus met in prison during that time when Jesus was thrown into prison waiting um, crucifixion. And then we have... The third one is called John Lennon's Killer, parole board transcript released, and that's based on his seventh parole hearing in um, 1992. (laughs) I'm sorry, 2012. 2012 was his seventh parole hearing, and in that hearing, he was able to, even though he was denied, he was so excited because he got to share about Jesus so much, and he said, we've got to do another pamphlet based on the transcript, portions of the transcript. So we have that one. Then um, he said, you know, these are all for prisoners, which is great because that's our main uh, focus. But what about for people not in prison? You know, the, the first one I mentioned, our flagship one, has a picture of Attica Tower, the, the entrance, which I took. And... Um, they're all prisoner related. So he said, let's make one, let's do one for what we call the general public, our general public version. So we worked and we worked on that. The color had to be just right for the cover. <laughs> then we've been working for years on the Spanish translation of the story of the man who killed John Lennon, and we finally got that one done. So we have five technically pamphlets to give out. And they're free to anybody who could use them. Um, like I said, we kind of steer towards prison ministries, but we do have that general public version. And I think uh, you'll have my email address in uh, your show notes. Yes, yes, we will. We, we'll be and, sure and include that. You know, I'm wondering, yeah. too, Gloria, your story is so... Um, you know, so deep and so rich. And I was wondering, have you ever considered doing something for the wives, for the wives of those who, uh, women who have been through the same kind of, you know, tragedy, unexpected tragedy, and, you know, thinking their life is really over. Mm. They've lost their reputation. Mm. They've lost everything. Is there anything uh, for the wives of some of these men? Are you speaking of like a, something in writing? Yes, like by you or have you shared with them? Have you been able to minister to any any of these wives? I have. Yes, I well, I I I have spoken um, a lot mm-hmm. to women groups, women's groups. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm available if they if they email me. Um, okay, I'll see what I can do about that. So I'm not opposed to speaking to wives at all. I, I'm open to people just wanting to call me, although after losing my voice after a four-hour call on Saturday, I have to... <laughs> With Robert. Maybe, maybe just keep, you know, speak uh, for shorter periods of time, but no, I'm not opposed to talking to anybody who feels like they identify with part of my story and would like to talk to me. 
So. Yeah, because I think a lot of women would identify to this, you know, marrying one man and then realizing that the man you married was, you know, thinking you're you're uh, marrying um, Dr. Hyde and realizing that you, you married mm-hmm. Jekyll. And that's very, very common. And then feeling that association, that, that absolute abject humiliation of how do you go forward in that and that the Lord um, was able to empower you to go forward and not only to go forward, but to forgive and then to have this ministry. So what has the fruit been like of this ministry so far? Um, Before I tell you that, I do want to say, yes, absolutely. It's all been God who has done all this. I mean, I'm just kind of not like a robot, but, um, God is the one that has brought these pamphlets into existence. Gloria, I know you. You're nothing like a robot, believe me. You are just, you really, I have, I've, from the very moment I met you, felt like this is a woman who is available to the Lord. And it's through a life of deep tragedy, hurt, and loss that you've still kept your heart tender and said, Lord, I'm available. What That's can right. I do? That's right. Not being upset. I mean, how many people become resentful and of the Lord? And like, why did you let me and, marry him? Why did you allow yes. this? Why did you allow this? But to say, not like, why did you allow this? But, okay, Lord, why did you allow this? What do you want to do? Yes, what's yeah. next? And also that un- lack of understanding of mental illness, mm-hmm. which was such a part of your story. And um, I remember yeah. Cheryl telling me that, what's that little line I had forgotten about when she was good? She was very, very good. Yes, she was bad. Yeah, she, she was, was horrid. Good. Right. The oh, little yeah. girl with the curl in the middle of her forehead. When she was good, she was very, very good. And when she was bad, she was horrid. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, so, as go far ahead. As the fruit of this ministry in 2000, the end of 2011, so we started this in 2005. And, you know, by sending like 50 pamphlets here and 100 there, you know, nothing major. Um, but in 2011, Mark said, let's try and get our pamphlets in um, Africa, you know, into Africa. And I'm going like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. So um, it was God who made that connection. I found this man, Jeffrey Kungu in Kenya, who's the director of a prison ministry, and he's with us still to today. Um, and so with his help, we have gotten out, I, I don't have an actual count, but I know in 2006, when I was keeping better track of numbers, I think uh, I had written down somewhere that we had given out over a million pamphlets and that was in 2006. Yeah. <laughs> Just... yeah, that was in 2006. And uh, prisoners normally, they read something and they share it with somebody else. And then they share it. So through those um, ministries, we've heard of, I don't know, I don't have a count again on that, but of people coming to Jesus. I mean, for example, um, a person in Rwanda who was part of, you know, the genocide, and he reads about the forgiveness that Mark has received, and he thinks, well, maybe God can forgive me, too. And so our, his, Mark's story has been so effective 
also uh, wow. drug and alcohol use mm-hmm. is um, rampant in Africa just as much as it is here. And so <clears throat> um, we've been told that it seems like God has anointed Mark's story, which Mark always likes to say is not his story, just his story. It's our story because uh, I think in 2015 he had me write kind of my mini testimony in there. So. I actually get to give the gospel. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but all our pamphlets are Christ-centered, evangelistic. They all have like a, quote-unquote, sinner's prayer on the back, you know. And um, and they have gone out, like you said, Africa. But I know they have also, because I get the newsletter for All About Jesus Ministries, and you share about how they've gone the Spanish version into Central America, South America, Mexico. And that's an important place to go because, again, huge, you've got huge prison right. ministry needs there. Right. And you've, got, met. Yeah. and you've got men who have done horrid things, who think mm. they're past salvation. Right. Horrific things, yeah. you know, um, where could this person ever, would God really love and forgive somebody this this vile, this terrible, this dangerous, this aggressive. Mm-hmm. And and to realize, you know, he's able to save to the uttermost right. and all you think who about come to Paul, him. And here he is saying, I am the chief among sinners. Like right. I was there holding the robes while Stephen is being stoned to death. And mm-hmm. I was very much part of persecuting Christians. And now God has chosen to to pour out his spirit in me to for the salvation of many. Mm-hmm. You just can't explain it. It, it, it's it's God's wonder-working power. <laughs> it's just amazing. Amen. I have to I have to correct um, you, Robin, because I would love to say our Spanish material has gone out to Mexico and other places in Central America, but so far it hasn't. But oh. if anybody listening has a ministry in those areas, you know, write, write and let me know. And I'll get you samples. I'm glad you corrected that. Yeah, yes, because that would be good to get it. It yes. needs to be. Yes. Maybe that's why it was on my mind. Like, yes. this needs to happen. Wow. Yeah. So You're prophetic there. So, Gloria, now, what's an, what's an average day for you like? Are you, do you still work? Are you, um, you know? In- no, I'm thankfully retired. But I say I have retired from gainful employment. Right. (laughs) Now, literature ministry employment is a lot. I I work for the ministry. Um, Like this month, I'm answering a lot of prisoners' letters because Mm. uh, another prison ministry put down in their resource list that we are giving out Bibles and Webster's Dictionaries. And we're not doing that, but I want to answer all these letters and at least give them our tracks. You mm-hmm. know? So uh, I, I'm kept busy. Oh, I would busy by prisoners' letters and Mark, and he's still thinking and coming up well under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit because he says, you know, this is not my idea. He's like, okay. Lord, <laughs> so um, we did. We're working on an ebook um, in 2020. Uh, I sent out by with Mailchimp a little quote every day that whole year, and so with the next year and the 
well, the next two years, we edited those quotes, and we're going to pass those off to someone who's going to put them into an ebook form uh, format. And um, so now, is Mark also involved in prison ministry inside the um, prison? I'm glad to I'm glad to say yes, he is now. Where he's at now, there are people there who know the Lord and don't know the Lord. So mm-hmm. his desire is for everybody to at least have a chance to say yes to Jesus. Um, he gets to participate in a Bible study. In fact, uh, the chaplain recently asked, said that, I want you guys to take turns giving a message. And he picked Mark to give the first message. So I think that was just this past Saturday. Um, And I'm speaking now from the past because I think this is coming out later. But anyway, he's going to be reaching more. And he also is good with his guitar and he sings. He helps write songs. He just loves to evangelize. He gives pamphlets out, whether it's ours or a tract from another ministry. So, yes, he is a full-time evangelist where he's at. You know, Gloria, I love the fact, too, that you're not thinking, oh, someday he'll get out and we'll have a house with a picket fence and everything will be like how other people live. But rather, this is my life that God has given me, and I want to— I wanna, see as many people saved as possible. Uh, My husband often describes the earth as like a burning house. And instead Mm -hmm. of trying to, you know, settle down, we need to pull as many people out of this burning house as possible and and see them saved. And so I love that because I see that you're not with this illusion of, you know, someday, you know, we'll have this wonderful life on earth. It's it's not, it's about someday Jesus is coming. And, you know, someday we'll be in heaven with Jesus. Someday Jesus will come back to this earth and he will rule and reign and set up a beautiful utopia where we all have new hearts and new bodies and new minds that are just committed to him. And that's really the hope of the gospel, too. Whenever I hear your story, Gloria, and I have been in the audience a couple times when you've shared, and it just always comes back to me that quote that, so I, I believe it's attributed to Corey Ten Boone, that there is no pit so deep that God's it's love is not one. deeper still. You've heard that, Cheryl. I love it. And, and that's yeah. really for every single one of us, that there's never a time that the Lord is not with us, as you reminded us, Gloria, in the very beginning. And there's, there's he's not, it, nothing negated your life by Mark's actions. That didn't stop you becoming who God designed you to be, nor did it stop you from being able to draw near to the Lord and and follow where He was leading you. It's not what you wanted. It's not what you expected. It's not ideal. And yet, the Lord has been with you every step of the way. And I have always loved the way you just give Him the glory. It's all about Jesus. <laughs> well, her name is Gloria. Yeah. <laughs> Very fitting. <laughs> yes. Amen. Um, and the time is short because I believe Jesus is coming back very soon. Maranatha. Yep, I do too. Yes. But, you know, um, Glory, too, I wanted to say just the fact that um, you are, you're living all out for Jesus and that you are not 
disappointed with God. You're not bitter at God for um, not giving you, you know, that the husband of your dreams. Mm. And I think there's so many women out there who have resentment, not just towards their spouse, like you discovered, but they have resentment towards God. Yes. Like, why did you give me this lot in life? Instead, um, I remember Elizabeth Elliott uh, reading a quote by her that she said, um, instead, hold it up to God and say, what do you want to do with this mess? And that's what I see in mm-hmm. your life. You held up the mess to God and God said, you give me that mess and I'll make something I'll make something amazing out of it. I will do something that that, you know, um, no one else could do with a mess. Just like he took a void, a world that was void and without form. And he did something amazing. Thank you, Gloria Chapman, so much for sharing with us in all three episodes. It was amazing. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. I hope somebody is helped by anything I said. I mean, that would be... Yes. That would be glorious. That's right. Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. For more information on Robin, visit RobinGunn.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. Join us each week for a lively conversation as we explore the lives of well-known and not-so-well-known historical and contemporary Christian women. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at WWK at cccm.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones Gunn. Women Worth Knowing is a production of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa.